Welcome to Talking Health Tech. My name is Peter Birch, and this is a podcast of conversations with doctors, developers, and decision makers that are playing in the Australian health tech scene today. With me in the studio is Marin Cooper. Marin is a physio, now a doctor, an end-of-life doula, an author, and a CEO. Her company, Touchstone Life Care, helps Australians have a dignified end of life by using technology to revolutionise end of life. Hi, Marin. Hi there, Peter. Um, welcome. Yeah, Thank you for coming for in. Thank you. This is um, great. Uh, I, I gave you a, a little quick kind of spiel about the things that that you do on a day-to-day, but 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 in your words, tell us tell us what keeps you busy. Yeah, well, on a day-to-day business basis, I'm working in hospitals, and what keeps me busy there is the huge numbers of patients coming in. Uh, on a weekend, for example, this weekend just gone, we had three or four junior doctors like myself mm-hmm. and about 400 patients in the hospital. So right. the shifts are pretty full on. Outside of that, um, I'm trying to fix some of the problems that I see inside the hospital mm-hmm. that I didn't know were there until I trained to become a doctor and was working within the system myself. Right. Um, and those problems that we're going to talk about later are people languishing, for want of a better, better word, mm-hmm. in hospital beds with nobody really making a good direction about what's the what's the aim of care for these people. Mm. So, you, so you're seeing it. You're, you're seeing it firsthand. I'm seeing it firsthand, and yeah. it gives me shivers up my spine. Because we, we talked a little bit about about healthy life and healthy death, um, and and I I I get the concept of healthy life. Um, the concept of healthy death is a, an interesting one. What what do you mean by by healthy death? Yeah. It occurred to me that you could have a healthy death because when we talk about health, we mean usually more than just physical health. We mean emotional health, mental health, even financial health, Mm -hmm. and certainly spiritual health as well. Mm -hmm. So when you're dying, certainly your body is getting frail, but what's happening to the rest of you? And if a person has got family around them, if they are in a place where perhaps they're from the bush, there's bush or smells or there's music, there's uh, tastes and smells that are familiar to them, you can have a good, healthy, emotional time. You don't even need to be speaking, but you can communicate with love to your loved ones around you. And that's a healthy, emotional and spiritual death. Mm-hmm. When, when, when someone's dying particularly in the family but people don't like to say the word dying I mean I, I, I think I stumbled on it a little bit when we first talked about it when I was asking you before the show about how how um, how you got into what you do but it's interesting that it's such a taboo subject it is a very taboo subject and we were talking about all the euphemisms people need I mean, you know the old Monty Python skit <laughs> falling down the curtain rail is a classic and we're still doing it today we're doing it in our hospitals we don't use the term dying we use things now like let's give them comfort care mm. what does that mean um, and we were talking earlier about the Chinese whispers that goes on inside um, a family as well as inside hospital care and doctors where nobody says, we've had a discussion, we know our father, our mother or me is dying. Mm. That's okay. We've had a great life. We don't want to ruin it at the end. Let's all gather around and make the most of this time. Let's celebrate his life together. And doctors, can you please assist us to do that? Mm-hmm. Not deny us that chance or that right. Mm. Can you have a, a healthy death in in a hospital? It seems almost like a um, you know he here's where I'm pitching. Here's my ideal. That would be nice if I was thinking about it in um, 
in you know in theory but is, is it something you can do in a practical sense I really don't think you can at this point of time have a healthy death in a hospital I think things are working to be better but at the moment there is this system within a hospital that people are almost not allowed to die <laughs> and the reasons are number one fear most doctors front of mind is the fear of being sued mm. they have guidelines they have to follow and those guidelines are keep the person alive yes. and if nothing's written down otherwise you leave yourself open then the family are scared of sounding callous mm. so they don't bring the topic up one time in emergency a man brought in his um, mother who from a nursing home I was the, the doctor on the piece of paper it said do everything do everything behind the closed curtain that man said to me she can't talk she hasn't left her hospital bed for three or four years she has dementia I haven't known my mother for the last four years mm. I can't you just give her a needle <laughs> so what he really was trying to say was completely different to what he'd been saying in public mm. so that's fear of sounding callous or fear of sounding like you don't care for your family mm. so fear by the doctors fear by the family and then the other thing that happens we were talking earlier is Chinese whispers you get people speaking verbally at handover about what they got told and what somebody else got told about what this patient wants eventually somebody writes something down in your notes that is not what you wanted. Mm. It might say all measures, and that's not where it started. So um, to have a healthy death, you have to take charge. Mm. To have a healthy life, you have to take charge. You have to get out there and exercise. You have to eat the stuff. All the education in the world makes no difference. Yeah. Same with healthy death. You have to take charge and, say, and get real and get realistic. And you can say, I've had a great life. Mm. I don't want to ruin it at the end. Mm. I want to take charge, I want to have my family around me, I want to be in my own home, if you do, as long as possible. Mm. Yes, I want all the good medical care in the world to relieve my pain, mm. to relieve my distress, so that I don't, um, so that I can eat, so that I'm not nauseous. But I do not want a tube stuck down my nose mm. because I might swallow and get pneumonia. Mm. This past weekend, in a hospital, there was an elderly lady who was at risk of developing what we call aspiration pneumonia. This is very common. When people get dementia, they forget how to swallow mm -hmm. and food goes down the wrong way and you get a pneumonia. We used to call pneumonia the old man's friend, but we have removed that friend because we can fix it. Mm -hmm. So we give antibiotics and the pneumonia goes away, the person goes back where they came from. In this case, because we thought the woman might chew and go down the wrong way, you, this is often happens, you put a tube down their nose so that, and you feed them straight in their tummy. Sometimes the person can't speak, so you know what they do? They try to pull the tube out. Mm. So then they get restrained. This beautiful doctor who was with me at the time had the, he was, an, he was a, um, an elderly doctor, he'd been around a long time, and he was gracious enough to say, we're not going to restrain this lady until we get permission. And the son was visiting, luckily, 
and he said, in order to keep the nasogastric tube down, we might have to put restraints around your mother's hand. Is that okay with you? Mm. Put like that, open and honest. Yeah. And the son said, no, actually, no. Mm. Can you please sit her up and try to give her sips, try to give her swallow, and if she develops a pneumonia, that's okay. Mm. Please don't restrain my mother. Is, is it an is- issue with the, the healthcare system or is it an issue with the, the way that we communicate, with, like doctors would communicate to, to patients or does I, one influence the other? What's yeah, the, yeah. It, yeah, I think now our systems have become so big, mm-hmm. so guideline driven that hospitals are a place where communication goes to die. <laughs> person to person. And so we have to use technology to communicate with the system. Mm-hmm. There are guidelines, everything's online. If it doesn't get documented, it doesn't happen. Yes. Way worse than social media. And so if you don't document in your words and spell it out, your wishes will not get heard. So documenting how you want to die, um, for people who don't know, what what's yeah. how do you do that? So it's the fear of the unknown. Yeah, so we have to have the discussions around the families early while we are well and fit and healthy. And then you have to imagine things that might come up. So that's why I started touchstonelifecare.com because we have a lot of content, a lot of information in there, mm. and we actually paint some scenarios about what might happen. So you can read through those scenarios and go, that's okay, that'd be fine. I still would like to be having a happy life or that's not. Mm. Um, and so we, we have a questionnaire, uh, sort of a web-based app, a questionnaire that puts scenarios in front of you and you use a visual analogue scale, zero to five, saying um, life would still be okay if I lost control of my bladder. Life would not be okay if I lost control of my bowels. Mm-hmm. Or, and then you can develop a picture of a range of specific scenarios. Mm-hmm. We put it in front of you. For you to look at honestly and think about slowly and then you can stop halfway through the questionnaire and go this is too hard or I need more information I want to talk to my family my doctor and then you come back and complete it and then you um, what the app does is it flips your answers we start with the easy answers first, the easy questions first and then we get to the hardest stuff and then what a doctor needs to know in an emergency is okay your heart stopped beating do you want me to give you CPR. So we flip your answers um, into a, a PDF, but it's held on a URL. So it's actually an online document that right. can be uploaded, shared by email, um, shared via APIs with desktop software for GPs, yeah. EMR hospital records, software for residential aged care facilities, or just on your app. Mm. And then what people really also want um, that we're going to work towards this year is a video-based app so that um, you know, an 80, like my dad, he's 88. Mm-hmm. When I said to him, how would it be if you have an iPhone and an iPad and my brother and sister and I all popped up on a video sort of style thing on your iPad and yeah. you could speak what you want to our faces so we all hear exactly what you want us to do mm. at the same time. And he said, that would solve all my problems. Yeah, okay then I can say what I want. I know it's heard by all of you at the same time in the same words. There's mm-hmm. no Chinese whispers. And he doesn't have a phone. He can't use email. Yeah. He's a te- but he could do that. Yes. So, so how, do you, how do you do it today? So there's, there's advanced care plans. Yes. Uh, tell me, 
I mean, how do you do those today? Do you, do you go through from a, and fill out a 15-page yeah. PDF? Like, what yes, does that actually look yes. Like? <laughs> Again, it's just this maze of the internet. So uh, there are websites and government websites. Um, often they're different every state. They are different in every region. Some groups of GPs have all got together and developed their own advanced care plan. But what's important is you talk about what you want with your family, no matter where you are, no matter what hospital. If you can't speak for yourself and a member of the family says specifically to a doctor, we have had these discussions already, mm. we are all on board, this is what our family know our family member wants, mm. that carries a lot of weight. Um, always when it's a time to sort of flick a switch, if you like, from curing to palliating, mm. there is a, a switch that has to be triggered there. And, and so you need to speak and know in advance what will be the trigger for you when you actually say, you know what, please palliate me now, make me comfortable, let me say goodbye. And that nobody knows what that trigger is for different people. That's what you have to talk to your family about. Um, if I can no longer eat, if I can no longer communicate, if I don't recognise my family. And these are the scenarios we talk about in Touchstone Life Care. What will be the triggers for you? So um, at the moment, advanced care plans are available through a range of websites. You have to sort of scroll through, yeah. download, yeah. fill in, photocopy, post, yeah. <laughs> hope that somebody knows what drawer it's hidden in. Yeah. And then if something happens in emergency, if it's after hours, we can't get hold of the GP. Mm. If it, who knows which family member has got one mm. or hasn't. Um, and so there are pieces of paper. And I have had people seizing on me in ED with an advanced care plan come in from the residential aged care facility with every box ticked. Mm. Yes, I do want CPR. No, I don't want CPR. Yeah. What am I going to do? Right. Yeah. PDFs are just no good, even with my health record. At the moment, you can upload a PDF of your advanced care plan to my health yeah. record. But if you don't update it, 18 months later, you've had a stroke. Mm. And you've told your family, actually you know what, this stroke has left me pretty... If I have another stroke, I'm good to go. Yeah, yeah it's circumstantial, <laughs> right? isn't it? It's, it's, it's circumstantial. Yeah, but if I'm a treating doctor, and particularly if I'm a junior doctor, which many are in emergency, and a family member says, oh, look, they've had a stroke, this of having another stroke, please don't do CPR on them, please allow them to be comfortable. But my health record 18 months ago says I want all measures. Mm -hmm. What's a doctor to do? And that's when you start saying, am I going to be sued here? Yeah. Well, if I do something that's not on the bit of paper. But so it has to be live. Yeah. It has to be editable. It has to be shareable, updatable, instantaneous. If you make changes online, they've got to be changed through the system, which is why I've come up with this whole, yeah, right. you know, interoperable, integratable, um, URL-driven system. Do you come from a technical background? No. <laughs> Not at all. I hate planning. <laughs> Anybody who knows me knows I'm totally off the cuff, always late, never plan, hate technology. But it's the only thing. I have had to get disciplined. Yeah. Yeah. Same as everybody does. Yeah. Nobody likes exercising. You have to do it. Yeah. Nobody likes filling in forms. You have to do it yeah. or you suffer. Yeah, right. Well, you've got an Apple Watch on, I can see that. So yeah, I'm trying, kind of but that's fun, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it <laughs> I don't really know how to use it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it looks good, it looks good. Um, 
I mean, we're, we're, we're all good at doing a will, aren't we? But Well, we're yes. kind of good at it, but, um, but I mean, do you, do you... Look, the numbers are really bad. In Australia, um, only 7% have an advanced care plan. Wow. And less than that get... Uh, less than that are legible, found, mm. not torn, make sense, um, and less than that are followed. Mm. Because if you have something... It's not even if, if it's easy to find a reason why that's not relevant or doesn't apply in this particular case. If, as a doctor or a nurse, you're really conscious of doing the right thing and mm. not getting in trouble. Mm. So, do you think this? So, so we, we touchstone life. So, you've you've got all these different mediums or a way to making it easy to be able to capture someone's life. Uh, so ways they they want a healthy death how does it all get onto in a way that a doctor actually consumes it because it's it's great to be able to to actually find out what it is but in the end they've, they've got to read an advanced care plan so that's how right does that, yeah how does so that's where i need help be- <laughs> because i'm not a marketer either yeah, yeah and we have to get the word out there that um people are consumers in the health system we have the power So I did go to local health districts last year with this system that could be inputted into EMR. But different local health districts have different um, operating systems that don't talk to each other. Mm. I have been to my health record. I have been to the Ministry for Health. But there's no cohesion communicative in in an IT way between different health providers. Mm. GPs get frustrated all the time. They have conversations with their patients but then their patient gets admitted to hospital and what they've discussed with their patient does not get translated into hospital care and then the patient gets sent back. to. So there's just no communication. So it has to come from people. Mm. So you write, you go online and then you can just email it to your GP and they have um, access to your URL, secure access. You write down the names of the people and the emails who you want to give access to your advanced care directive to, whether it be your residential care, your GP or the hospital. So we're working on getting this as something that's compulsory on admission into any hospital. Mm. You don't want the details of your advanced care directive being known by health insurers, for example. So it has to be a private database. So I have kept it as a private database. and. It has to be secure. You want only a select number of people. You need to be in charge of who has access to your advanced care directive. Um, So it's simple offering access through a URL to the people that you designate. You can upload it to My Health Record, but not everybody has access to My Health Record. Private hospitals, for example, don't have it on their EMR Mm. yet. Mm. So it's got to be consumer driven, consumer empowered. We say what we want and we decide who we send it to. Mm. Once you get um, a mass effect, then doctors and hospitals will will start asking more often, where is your advanced care directive? Not, do you have one? It will be normalized. Where is it? And you get, here, it's on my phone. So this is a responsive web app, it's on your phone. It's on your family's phone. Where is your advanced care act? Right here, doc. Mm. And you show it to mm. them, no matter where that doc is. But uh, and that makes complete sense to me. But but it, it it involves change, and it involves change in in you know 
the way the system works or the the way that people use technology and yes. change is hard. I think we are absolutely right for change because every shift I work with doctors who are just rubbing their hands together going how is this happening they are stuck in a system where they want to care for people but the family is saying do everything mm. because the family is too scared mm. or they're stuck in a system where the guidelines say do everything so i know that doctors are saying please bring us advanced care directives that are clear gps are saying please bring us advanced care you just need somebody to bring all bring it all together and say and and we need the people the patients to be leading the show Communicating, uh, we're, we're trying to basically personalise or democratise the mm. technology down to the ordinary person. Mm. So years ago, my husband died, back in 84. He had leukaemia. He was only 24. After 11 months of hellish treatment, because back then it was hell, he had a healthy death. And the reason for that was he had a family member who said to him, mate, you're going to die. Um, he'd been given a bad prognosis by the doctors in the hospital. They'd said, you've got three weeks if you do nothing, or if you have more chemo, you've got three months, or if you have another bone marrow transplant, we don't think you'll survive that. So what do you want to do? And he's, he said, I just want to get the hell out of here. And he came home, and we cared for him at home. A family friend visited him, like a chaplain sort of a man, who said, mate, you're going to die, whether it's in three weeks or three months or 30 years. Get ready for it now. Tell Marin you love her. Speak to your family. Get angry at God. Do all that stuff. And Mark did. At the same time as trying to get really strong and healthy and go for another bone marrow transplant. Three weeks later, he got pneumonia. Um, and in the morning, we took him from home by ambulance to the hospital. And he died that day in the hospital where he had enough morphine to take away the pain. But right up until the morning, he'd been at home. And, you know, you can see the tears in me now, 30 mm. years later, it's, it's very moving. But he had a healthy death because he was in control. He'd said everything he needed to say, faced his death, and at the same time tried to get healthy. Um, and then we as a family gathered around. 30 years later, we're all still close, and that's still a deep and meaningful part of our lives. Mm. Now... We don't talk about it. No, there is no family friend or chaplain brave enough to say, mate, you're going to die. Mm. Deal with it. So advanced care plans or touchstone life care has got that as its aim. Mm. We're going to die. Mm. Deal with it. Get healthy about that and try to have a fabulous life in the meantime. Wow. Now that's, a, that's a remarkably touching story. And um, I, uh, I, I would think it's got to be extremely draining from from your perspective to be to be in this kind of space it's a it's such a emotionally taxing um subject it's a really meaningful one but it but it, it's got to take it out of you how do you well, well why it's like we've talked about why you you're you're wanting to fix it but but how do you actually prepare yourself for that like you personally doing do it going through this look i i think i'm actually removing myself out of the difficulty the, the ones who are caring on a day-to-day -day basis, the carers, are the ones who need caring for. Yeah. The daughters and the daughter-in-laws caring for their parents with dementia. We call it the sandwich generation. They've got children and adults and they are stuck in the middle. Mm. And their inheritance is going 
to care for people forever in a residential aged care facility. It's becoming a financially troublesome time. These are the people who are really at risk. Mm. I am not in that situation anymore at this point in time. I'm out here just trying to make it better and that, and so I can afford to go for a run or go for a ski or go for a surf or have fun. Mm. The people who are working long shifts, the carers, they're the ones who need help and we can help them by saying as a community we know it's okay to die Mm. we will gather around and we will do it well and get the good stuff from it which is compassion care I mean these are really uplifting things Mm -hmm. they benefit all of us and you do it in a way that celebrates life my friend Jane had one of these very long debilitating diseases she died when she was in her 40s even though she'd only ever been given 20 years life expectancy. Towards the end, she became an insulin-dependent diabetic. She could do nothing. Her only love of life was holding an electric toothbrush in her mouth, and she would do that for ages. And when she died, she said, right, don't give me any more insulin. And then she went to the local hospital. We booked the biggest and the best room. It was a public hospital, and we drank rum and coke for a fortnight (laughs) with her doctor. I wasn't a doctor back then. We partied, we had music, and two weeks later she fell into a coma and she died. Um, She had an out. Mm. She took charge right to the end. She planned her funeral. She divvied up her jewellery to people. And we have beautiful memories of her. So you can celebrate life. It can be a healthy thing for both the dying person and the family member. But ongoing, languishing no end in sight is not good for anybody. That's some, some amazing perspective, a lot to think about. Um, and we could probably talk for, for another couple of hours. But to, to close it out, um, how should people get some more information? What do people do now? Well, I have to say go to touchstonelifecare.com because there is a bunch of, of information there and there is links to many other organisations. Palliative Care Australia, Advanced Care Australia, Groundswell, Compassionate Communities, your local GP. There, are, there is a, a whole range of stuff online now. Death and Dying is like the new frontier of the internet. <laughs> you can certainly get all the information that you need. But you have to do the work you need to read through. And I would recommend going on to touchstonelifecare.com, have a look at the um, questionnaire. It's completely free. It means nothing. You can delete it all at the end if you don't like it, Um, you know, if you don't like your choices, and then inform yourself and make some decisions and share those decisions with other people. Dr. Marion Cooper, thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Peter. That was wonderful. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Talking Health Tech. My name's Peter Birch. Go check out our socials, share the love, send me a note if you've got some feedback, or even if you know someone that might be awesome to have on the show in future. Look forward to chatting to you next time.